Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to discuss the notion that this might be the end of your life as you know it. Joining hands in marriage is a sacred, ceremonial, and pivotal moment that most of us look forward to or are scared to death of. So what is it about getting married that can be a saving grace for one person, but a ball and chain for another? Which of these two relationships are you currently in? Are you bold enough to say where you stand? What does it actually mean to say I do? What's the word? The show where we get real responses from real people about real life. Hang with us as we chat with people from all over the world and find out what the word is on the street about some of the world's most common and outrageous issues. Want to get a global perspective? We got you covered on What's the the Word? Let's go! It's happening. Thanks for joining us for another episode of What's the Word? I'm your host, TJ Reed, and today we're talking about probably the most important, sacred, and scariest decision you'll ever make in life. (laughs) Yep, you guessed it. Walking down the aisle of destiny to say, I do. I don't know about you, but that tune, that dun-dun-dun-dun, doesn't it sound like a funeral? I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is me, but anyway. Well, it ain't just this year, but if you haven't noticed, marriage rates are plummeting. So it's a pretty safe bet to say that a lot of people are just not feeling marriage these days. Or are they? So in this up-close and personal episode, we attempt to dig deep and talk to folks about their better half or their perceived Mr. or Mrs. Wright. What's it like to say I do these days? And is that walk down the aisle getting easier or hard as hell? Let's find out what people around the world are saying. This is Anakin Go from Singapore. Hi, I'm Dolores, and I'm from the U.S. Hi, everyone. My name is Kweku. I was born in Ghana. What are your expectations of marriage? To be heard, to be felt, to be understood, and to be loved with consistency. I expect people to, they have to find a way to compromise. Otherwise, it's not going to work. To be honest with you, I don't really have any expectation for marriage. All I wanted was you know, for my wife or my spouse to love me and like me for who I am. There will be challenges and I also expect someone to cheat on the way. That is my expectation. Someone to f*** up. <laughs> Could you live without it? Why or why not? I could live without it only because I'm a Wonder Woman kind of woman. I'd like to say that I could do anything. So if I had to live without it, yeah, I think I could do that. Anything is possible. I'm a complicated guy, so whoever can put up with my um, <laughs> fine. So personally, I, I think it can go either way. But I like the freedom of uh, wanting to do my, my own thing. I don't want any binding them, like, for example, uh, like this contract that people sign, this marriage thing, as if you can do certain things. I don't like that. I believe every man is an island. And that's why you see quite a lot of men are not married yet, because um, they do enjoy the solo time that they have. Because once you're in a marriage, your life will be much more restricted. Do you have any deal breakers in marriage? Name a few. For me, I can only speak for myself. 
would say cheating is definitely a deal breaker for me. But even with that, sometimes you just have to just talk through it. I only have one deal breaker, which is、uh, extra marital affairs. If I find out that、um, my other half is having extra marital affairs, I will be devastated, and I think that's the deal breaker for me in the marriage.、Um, I think physical. When it comes to physical abuse, domestic abuse, that's it. That's the end. That one, there's no two ways about it. You touch, you beat someone up,、um, husband, wife, whatever. It's it's a no go area. That would be my deal breaker. Yeah. In your opinion, is the institution of marriage getting better or worse these days? Well, it's opinion, right? So, okay, I would say that it is actually maybe gotten a little worse, simply because people just find it so easy to walk away from things. I think there are a lot of rules now for marriage, especially in Singapore. When we got married in Singapore, we had to go for a course. It was to, you know, teach us how to maintain a healthy marriage. For better or worse, I think it's for the better. I think it's getting worse. I think humans are growing out of the whole traditional nonsense. This culture, this culture, that and conformity.、Um, people are getting married, but at the same time, divorce rates are high everywhere. Is going up. I've seen videos of divorce lines. Like in the US, you have、um, Black Friday. But I've seen queues、uh, where people are divorcing, and it's like, give me the papers, give me the papers. I'm ready to sign. You know. Could you imagine standing in a line of Black Friday proportions to get a divorce? How uncomfortable would that be? That's got to be the most awkward and inefficient wait ever. I mean, it's 2020, right? There's got to be an app you can log onto to take care of that by now. I'm not sure, but I think if they can create an app, and they have, that can track every toilet that you've used globally, then I think they can create a divorce app. In Singapore, they have a marriage class. That's pretty awesome. I wonder if they cover the in-laws in the syllabus. <laughs> what about snoring, morning breath, or what about flatulence? You know those little things that come out after the honeymoon. You know, <laughs> not knocking it. I'm just saying it's just just want to see the syllabus. That's all. I know. Earlier, I said that the tune of a marriage sounds a lot like a funeral. And I don't necessarily mean that from a negative standpoint. No, really. I mean, in a way, it's like we die when we get married. Well, you know what I mean. The old you dies, and the new you takes on an entirely different role, whether you like it or not. Needless to say, there's an adjustment period. Farewell to free time, dating prospects, dreams. Hello, silent treatment. <laughs> Diapers and tolerance. I'm not putting you off the marriage, am I? Okay, okay, good. I think a lot of people just get tripped up on the vows, right? I mean, you're standing before family, friends, God. And you're making some pretty big claims. <laughs> What do you have? You have in sickness and health. So if this person gets a disease that wipes out your savings, it's cool. <laughs> for richer or for poorer. 
So if you fall flat broke, I got you. It's all right. <laughs> but the doozy is the last one. Till we shoot each other. I mean. <laughs> till death does its part. Just sounds heavy, doesn't it? That's the ultimate promise. I mean, the only way. So it's like the only way out of this is death. <laughs> like I have to die. <laughs> it's not easy. Not an easy thing to do. But don't take my word for it. A survey last year from the Pew Research Center said that fewer than one-fifth of U.S. adults say being married is essential for a man or a woman to live a fulfilling life. Wait, it gets better. The survey went on to say that 57% of men and 46% of women felt that not so much to be married, but to have a career or a job they enjoy was essential for happiness. Sounds pretty familiar these days. Anywho. I wonder how our interviewees feel about it and if they have a different opinion. Let's find out. Do you think media and film affects your marriage or marriage prospects? Yes, you know, when I was young, I, I did watch a lot of uh, romantic show, and uh, it kind of gave me a feeling that um, all marriage should be romantic. But, you know, when you get into marriage, you realize it's not about romance anymore. <laughs> It doesn't affect our marriage, but I believe that people are affected a lot by uh, visual stimulation and what they see, they tend to gravitate towards that. This is what they're looking for. So I think it does affect on different levels. Yeah, I think it really does. I think people get ideas, like this is how it goes. But when you get into it and you're like, oh, shit. This is not some romantic movie here. This is not a TV show. It's not about romance because uh, once you get married, it's all about responsibility. I think it gives us some fantasies that are not real. The Hollywood bull. <laughs> it's a strong influence, but it's not reality. It's the old line to us. <laughs> what would you say to convince a foreigner to marry into your culture? As we all know, Singapore is like a cultural hub for many people. So it wouldn't be that difficult to convince a foreigner to marry into my culture. But if I were to say something to a foreigner, I would say, love has no boundaries. Please accept my love. Actually, I wouldn't try to talk someone to marry into my culture. I kind of believe that people should stick to their own culture. I know that's not a popular thing to say, but um, marriage within itself is difficult enough. And to try to now take on a marriage with a whole different culture, um, background, trying to learn all that, it's very difficult. You have to really struggle through that. You have to be family oriented. In Africa, it's not just mom and dad and brothers and sisters, it's cousins and aunts and uncles, grand, even grandparents. You have to get to know all this part, these parts, these moving parts, <laughs> these influences, then I think it will be okay. If you can handle it. Would you say marriage is becoming more individualistic or interdependent these days? I think many people born in the 80s or 90s, right, they're very individualistic as people. But I believe that in order for a marriage to sustain, it has to be interdependent. Because if we do not depend on each other, there's no need for a marriage. 
you find support from the other half. And uh, if you are too individualistic, it means you are too independent. You won't find the need for a marriage because you can do everything by yourself in the emotional part or also in the physical part. If you know what I mean. It's hard to say these days. Things have changed a lot. I think back when I got started, when I got married, we depended on each other. The marriage was a team sport. You know, we worked together. Nowadays, I believe people are more interested in you know what they can gain from a relationship, what they come in with, and what they leave with when they leave. I think it's a mixture. If I use Ghana or South Africa, South Africa is more Westernized, so it's more individualistic. In Ghana, it's still interdependent.、Uh, yeah, but you have a lot of men having girlfriends on the side. What we call side chick <laughs> or side piece. <laughs> a side piece. That's a new one. When I was growing up, it was a side dish because the entree doesn't taste as good without something on the side. <laughs> Man, shout out to Fabulous on that one. Not to give my age away or anything, but but there's just so many songs to celebrate this lifestyle, you know. For example, you got you got songs like TLC Creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that's old. Shaggy, <laughs> it wasn't me. Rihanna, love the way you lie. It's definitely a thing, and I think media is huge when it comes to our expectations on on love, and they get you when you're really young. I mean, look at Disney, for example. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to watch,、uh, okay, Beauty and the Beast. In the beginning, she didn't want to have anything to do with the Beast, right? He was repulsive, savage, couldn't eat with a knife and fork. He was an uncivilized cretin. Then. She takes a look at his crib. She's like, "Wow, he's got a library. This castle ain't too shabby. He's got candles and teapots that talk, sing, dance. He even has servants, and we know the rest." I still think that if those weren't factors, that last rose petal would have fell, and that would have been it. And that's a tale that's as old as time. Aladdin was no better. Jasmine didn't want to hear anything Aladdin had to say until he pulled out that magic carpet. And it was a whole new world after that. You see, Disney prepares you for life. I mean, there's there's little clues there if you really watch for it, or maybe they're programming us. I don't know. Adults aren't safe. We all love movies and TV shows, right? But you got to be careful when you watch them. No, I mean, really, there are studies that show that people who believe in the romantic portrayals on TV tend to have higher expectations and lower satisfaction in their marriages. So, ladies. When you're watching a movie with Chris Hemsworth or Brad Pitt, and it's a scene where they're showing off their washboard abs and pecs, reciting their romantic lines for the film, I know some of you may feel tempted to look over at that Klingon sitting next to you on the couch. 
you're probably thinking, how in the heck did I wind up with this <laughs> Franken? <laughs> it's just as bad for guys. In that same movie, we're looking at Halle Berry, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Then we glare over. I think your days are numbered, Cornball. <laughs> Not everybody, of course, but you know, we just you just gotta be careful, right? The images we put in our brain can can dictate how we think. That's all. Shout out to Dolores from the U.S. I think she raised a pretty good point. Marrying outside your culture shouldn't be done. That's some food for thought. But I think Anakin from Singapore actually raised a really good point too. And that love really has no boundaries. It doesn't really matter where you're from. If love is in the equation, two people should be able to come together and make things work. Or is that theoretical? <laughs> Could that also be a concept that we picked up from movies and novels maybe? I don't know. I think I'll leave that one alone. You guys can let me know what you think. That reminds me of an experience I had when I was living in South Korea. True story. So I was teaching English in South Korea, and my girlfriend at the time introduced me to one of her girlfriends who wanted to study English. Uh, you know, Middle-aged lady, really nice. Her husband would sometimes join us, sit around and pick up a word here and there. Anyway, my lady and I go out for a night on the town, we stop at some hole-in-the-wall bar and to have a late-night snack and something to drink. I look over and I see this hourglass figure walk into the bar. So you know, I'm you know I'm with my lady, so I'm just trying not to be very distracted. And then I look over and I see the husband of the student I'm teaching <laughs> strolling in after her, wasted. We make eye contact and he panics. He does a double glance. He looks at me like, what the hell are you doing here? And I'm looking at him the same way like, buddy, what are you doing? So then immediately we go back to minding our own business and he's pretending I'm not there and I'm doing the same. I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe it's just a colleague or something. Then my girlfriend glances over and she sees what's going on. And then things get real uncomfortable. Because at that point, it's clear that they're just not colleagues. He's groping her in the chair. And <laughs> so we were like, okay. We eventually moseyed on out of there. And he didn't even look up. He just kept his composure. So I asked my girlfriend, I was like, are you going to tell your friend? She was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, really? What kind of friend are you? She looks at me and she insults me in the Korean language. <laughs> Calling me Baboya, meaning idiot. <laughs> then she explains how they have a family, kids, and she's a housewife. And saying something would be cataclysmic for the family. So I said, all right. So the following week, I had another class. <laughs> so I meet my student, and there's something different about her, noticeably. Like, her arm was in a cast. So I'm curious, of course. I, you know, I want to know what happened. And at that moment, her husband walks in and he had the fattest lip I had ever seen in my life. Really, his lip was literally swollen like he was giving birth to a child out of his face. It was incredible. 
So he comes in and he sits down and he glares at me the whole class. <laughs> then I get the picture. And then I think, does he think I ratted him out? <laughs> Apparently he did. So awkward. Needless to say, that was the last class. So yeah, these things can get pretty ugly. And that was pretty mild considering no one got shot or stabbed. No custody battles, attorneys, child support. Because you know how these things can go sometimes. Lots to think about. Which I think is probably why millennials are the prenup champions these days. Because most of us, including myself, grew up through a divorce. But hey, it's not all doom and gloom. We all know that couple or old folks that's been together forever. <laughs> that give us the hope that tying the knot can actually be amazing. You have someone you can share everything with, good or bad, travel the world with, explore what this life has to offer together, and see each other through, you know. Someone you can trust, who knows you better than everyone else, and knows how to kindle your fire, <laughs> and fan the flames to make it last for a lifetime. Someone to bring you the unparalleled gift of children that carries humanity into the future. A companion to dine with and accomplish your dreams together. A kindred spirit to have and to hold in this form of life. The monotony of affection that you yearn for each day. I'm just playing. You, you don't want to <laughs> All that in one person? Maybe if you get a few side pieces. I don't know. <laughs> you might be all right. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thanks for sticking it out through this intimate and questionable episode. I'm TJ Reed. You guys are awesome. Peace. Feel free to message us on your thoughts and questions via email or voice message. And guys, we love comments and ratings, so spread the word. Listeners, be advised that views and statements made are for entertainment purposes only and do not in any way reflect the beliefs of our organization.